Hey gorgeous, if you want success on your fertility journey, you've got to have the mindset for it. It's time to kick fear, negativity, doubt, shame, jealousy, and the whole clown car of low vibe fertility journey BS to the curb. I'm your host, Roseanne Austin, fertility mindset master, former prosecutor and recovering type A control freak perfectionist. I use the power of mindset to get pregnant naturally and have my baby boy at 43, despite years of fertility treatment failure. I help women across the globe beat the odds on their fertility journey just like I did. Get ready for a quick hit of confidence, joy, feminine badassery, and loads of hell yes for your fertility journey. It's time to get fearless, baby, fearlessly fertile. Let's do this. Welcome to the Fearlessly Fertile Podcast, episode 185. Fibroids and miscarriage didn't stop her. How Maria manifested her miracle. My loves, I'm so delighted to be here with you this week with another story of triumph from truly one of the most extraordinary women that I have met through my work. And, you know, one of the things that I I really stand for as a coach, as a woman, as a mother, is women really taking charge of their fertility journey by being clear on their vision, by being clear on their values, and really taking a stand for not handing over their license and agency to someone just because they have letters that come after their name. And which is why I'm so excited to be sharing the story with you, because as you will find out through the course of this interview, Maria is quite a special woman. She knew from a very young age that she wanted to be a mom. And when she realized and when it came to her attention that she had fibroids, that dream could have turned into a nightmare. But what you're going to be hearing today is truly a story of triumph and triumph on Maria's terms, which I really want to highlight for you. I mean, having gotten to know Maria and and really understanding who she is, what she desires to create in her life, you know, I got to tell you that every single one of us, you're going to hear a lot of strength. You're going to hear a lot of humility from her. And I really hope that it inspires you to gird your loins, mamas, to really ask yourself, what do I want for me? How do I want to show up on my journey? What are my terms, right? Because so many of us, you know, when we're afraid and when we're uncertain, it's really easy to just kind of hand the keys to the castle to somebody else and hope they can unfuck it, right? So Maria did quite the opposite. She was really challenged on on many different fronts because she had pear-sized fibroids and she could have easily been bullied into doing things that didn't feel right for her, but she had the courage to keep asking questions and seek the treatment that made sense to her and made sense along with her values. So you are going to be hearing today a story of a woman who not only overcame her fibroids, endured a myomectomy, but she went through a miscarriage having bled for almost two months and, and really brought it all back around to taking a stand for what she really cared about. She turned it around with faith, mindset, and taking care of her body in a way that was right for her. So it is my sincere hope, and I know it's Maria's in sharing her story with you, that you too, if you feel disconnected from your journey right now, or you feel out of control, or you feel like you're kind of roadkill on on the way to this baby, like you're not sure which way is up from down, I really hope that you're going to be taking some really great lessons from Maria and through her generosity, because what she stands for is really having the guts to stick up for your values, ask for what you want, and do things on your terms. So I'm incredibly excited to be sharing this interview with the beloved Maria. Maria, let's just jump in okay. and, and let's let's just start by telling these ladies like how you found yourself on this journey. Before we even me and my husband were even married, we were dating for two years, but even before I met him, sort of I, you know, I've always wanted to be a mother. There's just this since the first day held my first second cousin at like eight years old I was and I knew 
that that was what I wanted to do. And it's just my biggest goal in life. There's nothing that could fulfill that more than birthing my own child <laughs> being very clear with that because I, I do have a godson now that is here and he's I'm mothering and I'm parenting, but birthing my own child specifically and being very intentful in that. That's what I want. And my husband and I were dating for two years and I couldn't, couldn't even believe that I found like the one and it all sort of worked out. He was everything I ever prayed for. And then he went to a British Virgin Islands trip with a family friend and happened to be within that two weeks that he was gone. I started hemorrhaging and found out I had fibroids and found out that, you know, when you first find out you have fibroids, it's like, oh, well, well, I'll just go home and have babies. Is what I said. Okay. Like just take the IUD out. Let's have some babies, even though we're not married or anything like that. And then, and they were like, oh, okay. And sent me home. And then I kept hemorrhaging. And for a full month, I had this whole like traumatic thing going on where I wasn't sure. Should, can I have babies? Do I need surgery? Do I take this Lupron that's going to put me into menopause and all this stuff? It started off very, very rocky because we were just looking to get married and start doing all this baby making after that. <laughs> we hadn't even gotten to the point of engagement yet. And so then I had a myomectomy. I ended up needing to have a myomectomy because they were hair-sized fibroids, three of them and all kinds of other fibroids, like really all over. And the only reason why I went for the surgery is because I went for a second opinion. It's really important. The first people were kind of telling me I can do whatever I want. And had a myomectomy. So that was four years ago. Now we got married a couple maybe a year and a half after the myomectomy and the healing and everything. And we started trying right away. And of course, my mindset all my life has been, I'm going to get pregnant as soon as I start trying. And we are going, everything is going to be perfectly fine. It's not going to be a struggle for us. I've seen people struggle, but we're, that's not going to be our story. And it sure was our story. <laughs> Took us six months to conceive the first time. and. This was at the beginning of the pandemic, March 2020. I was going in for my first appointment and I went in for that vitality scan or viability scan. And they said, and I couldn't bring my husband at the time either because they just started to lock everything down and do things like that. And they said, there's no heartbeat. And so I experienced that all alone and my husband in the parking lot. And then I had to have the different procedures because it was a missed miscarriage. And so that miscarriage lasted probably felt like two months of miscarrying because the DNC didn't work and so on and so forth at first. And so from there, we tried for another full year before I said, all right, God, I surrender again. Like, I'm, what do you want me to do? Where, how do we do this? I'm not doing it. It's not happening on my own. There are underlying issues. Why do I have fibroids? Why do women get fibroids? Why? You know, I just knew there was something down under that was causing a lot of a lot of the bumps in our road. And uh, I made my way to a naturopath and I made my started doing well, I started acupuncture and chiropractic work for a full year and that nothing happened. And then finally, somebody they started referring us to IVF for my husband had been checked and he's all good and everything's great. They referred us to IVF and we went into the office and I was just, I said, this is just not, this isn't it. This is so cold and steel. And at the time in the middle of the pandemic, there was nothing on the walls. It was just, it was like meant for me to walk in at that time where it just felt not like a mother's nest. Like I would think an IVF clinic would feel like, um, or at least aesthetically look like. It was just, we were walking from one room to another in the hallways. And like the first consultation, I think we went in three or four different rooms in that one visit. And my husband sat there like this, didn't say anything the whole time. And so the vibes come in between the both of us. And we walked out and we were like, okay, $22,000 for an IVF treatment that could or could not work or $3,500 for a naturopath. What are we going to do? And I was like, you see what I mean? We could do this path or we could do this naturopath part path. And my husband and I started down that path and it's I've never looked. It's been the turning point. You know what's interesting about this, Maria, is that it wasn't, yeah, I mean, 
the sticker price may have given you a shock, but the part that I think is more interesting and more influential here is that you felt it wasn't right for you. So because if it felt right to you, you probably would have done it. It wouldn't have, it wouldn't have mattered. You're a woman that wanted to have a baby since you were eight. You're not going to be bargain shopping. All right. Exactly. But I think that's really powerful what you're pointing out. You just knew it wasn't for you. Mm-hmm. I knew that the, there was an, I knew that I was going to have a baby naturally. And I also knew that going into that office was part of the process, though, especially for my husband and I together to go and see, okay, this is where the, this is where the OBs are sending us for the next steps. This is where my heart's telling me to go for the next steps is this naturopath who is working with human female hormones. And I've seen my friends get pregnant through that, uh, through her work, because she's cleaning, she's going down to the root causes of your body, your bio identity, instead of going, I'll try this on and see if that works for you. I'll try out, try out IUI with whatever that pill is to help you ovulate. Well, even, even though you are ovulating, try this on. It wasn't like that. And there, I didn't even see the doctor until, I mean, I hadn't even seen the doctor and I had answers as to my food sensitivities, what was going on in my gut and my thyroid, things that nobody's talking about while you're trying to conceive that are so important, like so important. So if I didn't go to the IVF doctor, oh, and get this, Roseanne, the IVF doctor looked at me and my husband and was like, oh, have you heard of um, this naturopath? We we really recommend working together with them when we're doing IVF. And I said, Benny, that's the naturopath I've been talking to you about. And we walked out of the office and it was a no brainer because there was another avenue. God had, had something else laid out for us, but we needed to make that pit stop and feel those feelings. Yeah. You know, and I, and I love that. I mean, like, it's really cool that you were listening to your heart. You were listening to your instincts. You were listening to those pings, you know, that you were getting. And, and sometimes that's how he speaks to us is through this, like, mm, something doesn't feel right for me. This doesn't, this feels off. And it's not even fear. It just feels off. Right. And, and that's really phenomenal. And, and I love that I mean, the cool thing here too is that you were talking to an IVF clinic that would even entertain a naturopath. So, I mean, so that's a blessing in and of itself mm-hmm. is that you had at least the good fortune of finding a clinic that was even open in that area. So that even if you at some point felt like that was for you, that you weren't getting this notion that there's only room for one solution here. You were, you were really being offered, you know, some alternatives mixed in with that. That's really awesome. Yeah. Kind of rare. Yeah, I did. I mean, I, I felt like, again, I felt, I was surprised. I was very surprised that they pulled out the card of the naturopath wow. who they would suggest. They basically were like, you know, with everything you've got going on, you should really your odds are going to be better if you do, if you work with this naturopath, either simultaneously or before. And I was like, what did you just say (laughs) before you want, you want me to walk away and leave this office and not come back until I try this? Thank you. Because I'm not even ready for this. Yeah. Well, and and it just demonstrates, I mean, you hear me talking about all, all the time about covering your bases, right? That's not just one thing. Right. Even if we use a baseball metaphor, there's a home plate. You got three other bases. Right. Like. Right. And your mindset isn't the only you're right. It's not the only thing. We can't just think positive thoughts into existence. We have to walk the walk too. a hundred percent. And which is an interesting segue. So how did we come into each other's sphere? Like, I'm always curious about that. You were in the very beginning. Okay, so you were. I was working on my mindset probably, this was September, 2019, about six months after the miscarriage. And I believe that I found you that summer and I started listening to you talk about mindset. And then I took another leap and was listening to Abraham Hicks and her stuff about, you know, just the power of attraction essentially. And so combined, I was listening to your, both of your podcasts, obviously a lot more obsessed with, with what, 
you were saying because it was so relevant to me specifically and being on this trying to conceive journey. And I started changing my words too. It was a, it was a going to conceive <laughs> or, you know, a journey to my child. I'm not going to stay stick in this trying position forever. And so at that point, I started working out and I started the acupuncturist and I got myself a coach and I was, I was really doing a lot of things to also help me not be so obsessed with conceiving, but I've always, always, always come back to you and your podcast in your book and what it's saying about basically they can, anybody can say this is happening to me. I can even have hard evidence that this is happening with fibroids or a miscarriage, but that doesn't mean that I'm not allowed to choose to pick back up and keep going. I'm not allowed to choose a different path today or tomorrow. And I've always been one to say that if you don't believe something's going to happen, it's not going to happen for you because you're not going to even see the opportunity. So if I didn't believe that I naturally could have a baby, I would have written off this naturopath over and over again. No matter how many friends had babies with her, no matter, even the, I would have just written off all the things because I would have believed that they're not possible and, you know, just kind of sat back and said, woe was me. But I, I'm not like that. And then plus your podcast really empowered me to say so many things. It wasn't, it was just, it's not just the fertility journey that your, your message hits home for me about, you know, it definitely hits home for me about freedom keeping and, and even autonomy and our, our journey on our, the people that we are interacting with on this journey can sometimes go against your own values. So you have to stand tall and, and be fierce and fearless. And the fear, faith over fear thing comes, has been what I've preached myself since 2020, March 2020, when things started locking down and I had a miscarriage. I was like, no, I'm going to be faithful. This is going to happen. I'm not going to stand in fear that this is, this is it to my story. And the thing is, too, is yesterday I had my 23-week ultrasound, about 23 weeks and five days. And they said, oh, she's a, she's a pound. She's about a pound. And I'm like, oh, great, because that's based on these six books and these three apps. And <laughs> she's right on mark, isn't she? And one of these books you guys gave me, didn't you? And then they were like, oh, well, but she's not really percentile-wise. We're going to need to do more ultrasound. And I thought to myself, okay, like I start like all the doubt starts creeping in. Literally, I'm like rebuking the devil (laughs) in the moment. And I'm like, but why? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Your books say this, this says this. She's one pound on 23 weeks. Oh, well, she should have been pound at 20 weeks. I'm like, maybe I should have a new sonogram technician. (laughs) That's what I'm thinking. Maybe I need a new whole new practice right now because you're contradicting yourself. And I'm so well aware of every single time I've had my period and all the different symptoms I've had. And my, now, of course, going through this pregnancy, I'm, I'm so in tune. I'm so in love with being in tune with my body, my thoughts, what's happening around me. And you're saying she should be a pound, but you're saying she's underweight. And yesterday I said, oh my gosh, should I, like, should I call Roseanne? Should we wait? Because I've, I'm emotional. I'm full of it. And no, I'm actually have so much faith and I am so empowered that that's today's the day that I should come on and I should talk to you mm. because I'm still 20 at 23 weeks pregnant, still having to push the doubt, the negativity and the clown car, like what you say, all of it aside, because this is a woman. And I say what I mean, there's a man made machine that's telling me my baby's not in this certain percentage, but she is one pound. We are 23 weeks. Her heart is so strong they can't get the pictures they even want using the machine that they're using to judge my baby like this is a this is another throw to try to get me to like be stressed out and carry stress and i'm not i'm not trying to i'm not doing that i'm not i'm i'm faithfully downstairs putting my crib together instead yeah oh i mean you have no reason not to you mm-hmm. know and i and i love what you're sharing here maria because everybody has this notion, you know, that, oh, well, once I'm pregnant, all of my problems go away, right? Like I don't have to deal with this mindset stuff because as soon as I see those two pink lines, I'm going to have a sound of music moment in the 
baby aisle at Target, right? We're just going to not a care in the world. But, you know, the interesting thing is this mindset game, it, it, it only ramps up right? Because we get to a point where, okay, here we are, we get what we want, this thing that we want. But then when it shows up, it's like, how are you thinking through the process of receiving it? Like it doesn't stop. Like mindset is something you don't just do it once. It's a conscious decision every single day. And I love what you're sharing here, especially about the freedom and the autonomy. Because one thing that I learned on my own journey, and you're demonstrating here, is if it leads with fear, reject it. Mm -hmm. Reject Mm -hmm. it because it's it's not of you know it's it's not of something higher. It's low vibrational. Fear Mm -hmm. is one of the. I think it is the the lowest vibration. And when it's there, it's trying to drag you down. And not only that, but you're educated, Maria. Like. I love that you're standing in that fully informed awareness of like, what are you talking about? Like all of these other authorities are saying, my baby's fine. Why are you coming at me with this insanity? And not only that, but what do we know? Any reasonable person admits that these machines aren't always correct and can be off rather dramatic. 20% of the time. Yep. 20% of the time. So, so. so, And there's human error too. And you're not getting the right, like you're telling me that you can't get her profile and you can't get this perfect picture of her for your anatomy checkoff list, but you're telling me that she's little. Well, I'm petite. And so isn't my husband. And you're telling me she's one pound. So isn't that like, so what happened to all your, is all this (laughs) literature wrong? Or are you just making something up new to try to get me in for more ultrasounds, which it's a blessing that I have great insurance and I can come on in. Is this blessing? Are you taking advantage of this blessing? Are you making it? But I'm, I'm, you know, you might, most, some people might call me like being a conspiracy theorist or being a little bit too worried or being this. Actually, I, what I'm doing is I'm advocating for myself right now. And you are trying to drive me to come in every two weeks out of fear, but she's weighing just fine. And I I don't want to do that. I don't want to. So the next two weeks, I need to live with all this cortisol in my body. That's silly. Yeah. yeah. No, um, that, that's some mama bear energy right there that I am not, I am rejecting dumping cortisol unnecessarily into my body for this. And, and it's funny, the whole conspiracy theory thing, like, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. Cause you can put patterns together because mm. right? you're awake. Cause you start noticing that something doesn't make sense. You're suddenly a conspiracy theorist. Cause I'm involved in my own health care. And that's just it. It's like, you know, I can choose. I get to choose if I come in for these other ultrasounds. I appreciate you so much. I don't want to take away from the fact that sometimes it is needed. That I'm it might be needed, but because you're being so confusing about it and you're not being straightforward and you're dealing with a person who is very informed of her own body, of what I'm I'm reading everything that you've given me and many others. And I've actually already called within uh, called four different OBs, and they're all saying one pound is fine. So we're talking about a machine who's telling me that my baby isn't this, and I'm going to listen to a machine. I can't. I don't have no. room for that. I don't have room for that. So, and and you know what I love, and what you're sharing with these women here is that sense of I will not abdicate my authority and my license and my agency in my own life not just to fear, but I'm not abdicating it to a machine and I'm not abdicating it to somebody that doesn't know me and doesn't know what I'm made of and doesn't know what I've actually been through. And I love what you're sharing because I felt the same way about Asher. When I was pregnant with my son, I mean, like he was conceived naturally. I was way over 40. Okay. All like within spitting distance of my 43rd birthday, I never worried about him. I'm like, you know, God brought him to me and I'm not looking to gift horse in the mouth. And, and the funny thing is, is like, I didn't like you, like I wasn't an idiot, you know, I'm going to get the the prenatal care that, that makes sense to me and makes sense to my values. Mm-hmm. But I refuse to live in fear. I'm like, Hey, he got here. He's fine. Yeah. Let me walk by faith. 
and and it's really hard when in in the western medical industry or system to even say anything about faith or or again i'll be i'll see you in four weeks <laughs> i'll see you yeah. in four weeks you want to keep <laughs> an eye on my fibroids and that i appreciate that and you're scheduling me out for two weeks but in really it's three weeks which means i'll see i'll see you in four weeks and yeah or else uh, maybe i'll just change practices too because i just i'm not going to i'm not going to be all of a sudden i've come up this far and then all of a sudden i'm going to turn into this like fearful meek worried freaking out person no absolutely not <laughs> right absolutely not and i'm not going to l- deliver those feelings to my baby and and you know she's moving she's kicking she's growing she is here and she's rocking so, and rolling yeah she's rocking and rolling and my you know it's it's about faith over fear and if i i i really think that there's something to be said about all the blessings that come with this, with the advanced medical medicine, medical system that we have, they are also sort of a little bit of curses because then they can get you worried about stuff that doesn't necessarily need to be worried about, or that basically that God doesn't, wasn't meant, you weren't meant to see. The womb is a, a place for magic to happen, not for us to go in and especially mess with, like when especially I feel especially this way because I've it's taken so long to get here and we are here and baby is here and nobody's now I'm just definitely not letting anybody mess with it I love going in and seeing her picture and I love hearing her heartbeat and if I get to hear it twice a week two times a week or every two weeks that's exciting and also precious and I'm grateful for it but God's still working you know yeah, I love that about what your your message is here, Maria, because what you're really saying is a kind of a yes and. It's like you get to take the best of both and use discernment as an individual, as a conscious thinking human being throughout all of this. I don't have to buy into this fear. I, I can think for myself and and you especially, I mean, because think about it. Think about what you've shared here with us. You had fibroids, you had a myomectomy, you had miscarriage, you had a lot of stuff that was going on in your world that could have really shaken you to the point where you couldn't walk by faith, where maybe you you acquiesced to thinking that, okay, I maybe I'm wrong. Maybe my heart is wrong. Maybe what I feel is wrong. Share a little bit about like what made you really lean in to what you knew? What gave you the bravery to really stand in? I'm doing this. I'm doing this my way. I'm going to be trusting my heart. Because everyone wants to know the how, Maria. (laughs) How did Maria do it? (laughs) Because every other time, my intuition never steered me wrong. Some things that I have intuitive feelings about, I don't even want to be right about. I don't want things, you know, like it would be the, I don't want to be right about it. Like, especially the conspiracy theorist stuff that people throw out there at you if you think one thing or not the other. Okay. Well, I don't want to be right about this, but my intuition has never steered me wrong. And if I just ignore that, then I'm not on the right path. I'm not in God's will, walking in God's will. I'm not, I'm not honoring my God-given gift of discernment. And Again, it's just, it's always led me so well, you know, from finding my husband. I was single for my entire 20s out of choice, but because I knew, you know, that he wasn't the one every time I went on a date or something. But as soon, but I also was really blocked off. I had a huge wall up and I wouldn't let anybody in. And when I realized that I had to break the wall down and I had to allow myself to walk out there in faith that there was, there was a man who wanted monogamy, who wanted a family, who wanted, dinner at night there it was out there it was it was three months in to that belief and that mindset that my husband showed up in my life and and that has happened over and over and over again including with this conception when I in March this year when I conceived I had a couple things that happened to me that I'm really happy I'm remembering to share right now one of them was I have a lot of friends named Sarah like three really close friends named Sarah 
who two of them have been friends with me for like 20 plus years. And I'm driving down there. And another one has really helped me through all this journey that I've just shared with you and been very close. She's the one who introduced me to the naturopath. She's the one who had all kinds of issues, thyroid issues and stuff like that too. And she had a baby. So I said, wow, God, what are you trying to tell me about this Sarah girl? Like what's up with the name of Sarah? And if you look it up in the Bible, Abraham and Sarah had their baby at 80 years. She was 80 years old. And I'm sitting here like, whoa, this everlasting supernatural peace wiped over me. I'm 34 and I'm worried when Abraham and Sarah had their first child at 80, God can do anything. So that was the first thing that happened that month. And then when my ovulation week came up in March, it was in the smack dab in the middle of a work week, you know, day one of the cycle or the window is on Monday. Day five is on Friday. I'm I'm basically screwed because my husband's working and I know it's just hard at the end of a work day and the end of cooking and cleaning and all this other stuff. It's not the easiest thing when somebody's working. And I'm like, I, I'm just going to, I can't do it this month, God. Like, I'm going to let it go. I, if you want to do this, you'll do it in April or May or sometime whenever you want. But Maria's taking a month off because I don't want to hunt him down. I don't want to push it. I don't want to fight. I, I don't, you know, I just don't want him. And my husband, so anytime that we made love that, that month was on his accord and it only happened once and it happened on the last day of my window and we conceived yeah we conceived (laughs) so like you know again the supernatural peace combined with it's okay take a month off relax god did his work and i mean i've got goosebumps talking about it because you know it's that type of faith that goes along with this fearless mindset like why would I be worried about a month when in, I've been doing this for two and a half years? Like, obviously you should take a month off of hunting him down. That's what I call it. <laughs> Getting him in here right now, you know, doing it every other, leading up to ovulation day. And that month when we found out too, it was another, there was something else that happened. I'm a freedom keeper. I'm a freedom fighter. I pretty outwardly voiced that Our freedoms are very important to us here in the United States, and we're so lucky and so on and so forth. Well, my brother was in the army, and he um, had to leave the army because he refused medical, you know. Experimentation. (laughs) Yes, thank you. He refused it, and he he was left in South Korea, and I started advocating for him, trying to get him out of South Korea because they had kicked him out of the army but left him there. And then... Out of nowhere, my um, my business page was being attacked, which is funny because my business page is the homeschool admin. I'm literally working for Freedom Fighters most of the time. But they these trolls came to my business page this is the day before I found out I conceived. And they were like just really going at me. And it was kind of funny because the things they were saying were ridiculous, but it was kind of not. And I said, wow, God must be doing something. Like literally, I'm like, God must be doing something huge. For all this stuff to be coming at me, it was, it's very heavy work to advocate at all for anything, but to advocate in a world who's a back and forth with each other. And my, and it's my brother. I'm not going to, I was like, I have to take this on. This is my brother. If I can advocate for strangers, I can do it for him. So that was on my shoulders, plus these trolls. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to keep on doing my work and keep on, you know, having faith and not get all upset and worried about this. This is the devil sending a bunch of crap at me fear, doubt, negativity, so that I will break my faith. And I'm like, no, no, no. He's up to something. God's up to something good. The next day, I was day 32, day 28, there was no two lines. Day 32, there was two lines. The day after I did all that work for my brother's advocacy and I had these people being ridiculous on Facebook. So again, it's just, you have to be aware that there's a paradigm everywhere we go, of good and evil. And, and like your faith just stay focused on that goodness that you have right in front of you. There's always one step, one more, you know, step to take that you can take that isn't fear-based. And you'll know if you're in fear because you'll be kind of frozen and, or you'll be fighting or you'll be, you know, you're in that fight, flight or frozen stage. And it's not a place to be. You keep moving forward with faith. Wow. That really blows me away, Maria, because when you think about it and, and a lot of times, I mean, people say this in a lot of different ways, you know, it's, it's when you're under attack most 
that something really good is afoot, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's like, you know, and doubt is so corrosive, right? Because when doubt gets its hooks in you, then, you know, you have this cascade of crazy, but having the presence of mind to stay present like you did and stay focused, know that you were on the right path. You may not see it, right? You, you may not see any signs of it, but you're willing to trust it and, and allow yourself to do the things that are in alignment with your own values. It doesn't surprise me that you didn't see the two lines on day 28, but you did see them on day 32. Think about it because you you could have said to yourself, and I hear this from women all the time, you may have seen the interview with Robin a long time ago where she's, you know, she's like, I'm bleeding, it's over, you know, this isn't happening for me. This was my last chance after 15 years of being on this journey. Her daughter just turned one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy how, you know, the, the power of being willing to see beyond your senses and be a, you know, not be confined to what we can see in front of us. Right. And so easily just coming right back to today and the ultrasound yesterday, so easily I could be like, oh, this is what they're saying. And I can't see what's coming forward. So I must like, I must clam up and just like walk around crippled all the time and worried and stuff my face trying to get this baby to, <laughs> I'm like, no, because <laughs> I don't even stress eating either. Like I need to be nutritionally feeding my body, nutritionally feeding my mind nutritionally walking through these days that I have ahead of me. I mean, we're 87 days from delivery already in early delivery. You guys want to talk about early? I'm, I'm, I'm by picking, choosing which battles I want to fight. And I'm telling you, like, I've been really good about just letting, walking through this sort of working with people who don't have really the most same values as I do, because I have to, I have to be in I can't work with a midwife. I can't really do the home birth. I can't really, I have to, this baby's coming into the world the way she needs and wants to. And all these people are here to help. That doesn't mean that everybody's going to like agree with me or align with my values. However, I still have to stay me, mama, like me. I can't be, you know, all of a sudden be like, oh yeah, all that faith crap that I've been, that got me here is just like, I have to put all my faith in these doctors and these machines and it's not even faith you want me you want me to literally walk by fear and just like put my head down and wait for you to give me make me feel better no absolutely not I'm not you know I've got the car seat I've got the crib I've got these things that I could easily be like look at and be like should I even put it together you know Mm. and as soon as that stuff creeps up in my mind like I get I go from sad to angry because I'm not like that's not happening not in not in this heart, not in this mind, not in this body, not with this baby. Man, you know, that's that's some super powerful mama bear energy. And I love that. And I love what you've shared to, you know, with all of the women listening, because you've overcome so much, Maria. You've also found a way to be fearless, to connect and and to really give yourself so much freedom. Like it, it's crazy. I mean, you, you think that, you know, it, it's, it's harder to be free these days, but at the same time, it's a hell of a lot easier because you just make a decision. Like it, it feels like both. So what would you want the women listening to this that maybe struggle with faith, maybe struggle with listening to their hearts and following their intuition and may not be as connected as you, like, what would you want them to know? I want them to know it takes a little practice. You have to start somewhere. It's going to feel uncomfortable. People are going to make you feel like, make you try to steer you away from your own intuition. But the more that you lean into it, and maybe you can even start with something that's not so risky feeling. Like, I don't have the office chair in here. Like, there's an office chair that I wanted and I needed a nice high office chair when I was in grad school and I could have went and bought one for like $350 online, or I could have gotten this, like a stool for a kitchen that really was uncomfortable for like 50 bucks at home goods. Or I could just wait and have faith that I will find that thing that I need one day for an affordable price. It doesn't feel ridiculous. And in the meantime, I'm going to be a little uncomfortable 
I have to stand at this high top table. I've got my laptop and everything up. Well, lo and behold, I'm in Goodwill roaming around. And there it is. The actual, like it is an office chair that is wicked high. That's got a nice comfy back for $3. So same story. I mean, it's the same story over and over again. When I literally leave room for faith to do it for, you know, as you say, Gus, to do the work. When I leave, when I give my faith that it's going to happen, I have to be a little bit patient. But in the meantime, I might be uncomfortable. It can, you know, something will show up for you that will, you'll go, oh my gosh, that's what I've been waiting for. I I have the same exact story with this Moses basket that someone just brought over. I had a crib and a bassinet and a Moses basket on my mind. This Moses basket is so cute, so beautiful. But then I said, I started getting practical. I'm like, okay, I got to take the Moses basket away. I just can't buy it. I can't ask people to buy that for me when I need the crib and I really want the bedside bassinet. Well. Lo and behold, I have a friend from high school who I've not talked to, I've seen once since high school in 14 years, who messaged me and said, hey, I got this Moses basket and I saw, saw that you were having a girl. Would you like it? So this week, she dropped off a Moses basket. I mean, I'm not trying to say like I'm magical or anything. Some people would call this manifestation. Some people would call this a, a, the law of attraction. I call it walking by faith. And, and I, I just know that patience has always been Court, this has always been a lesson throughout my life is just to be patient. And when I am, and when I finally, well, I, when I, I, I'm always practicing my intuition, but if I weren't to practice my intuition, I would write it off so much because I have so many people coming at me, telling me otherwise all the time about everything. And also advocate for yourself. You know, like if you have an inkling, don't ignore it. Talk to somebody about it or talk to a lot of people about it. You don't have to take everybody's advice, but I probably, I would say that there's 90% of the time what you're feeling inside, especially about your own body and your own life and your own path, like you say, is meant, is meant for you, is, is a message for you. It's, a, it's a, a step, a guide to the step in the direction that you ought to be going. So don't be afraid to voice it and, um, and seek it out. So that you can find it, because if you don't believe it, you're not going to see it and you won't find it. Yeah. You know, and that's I love that you especially that last part, people wait to see it, to believe it. But you have to believe it before you can see it, because chances are, if you don't believe it, you won't be ready to see it. It'll walk by you, but you won't recognize it. Exactly. I mean, like we use this this Moses basket thing. Like if you were not tuned in and, and seeing that, that God universe source is constantly giving to you, you might've just been like, you might've looked at that message and said, I haven't talked to that person in 14 years with, you know, and just kind of like, she's got dogs or yeah. Like I don't, that thing's not even, that's longer than what I wanted. Like, but you, you were available. (laughs) See, this is the other thing. And because you're clearly a manifester, (laughs) receiving is one of the hardest things to teach on this journey. It truly is a mindset in and of itself. But there's an openness that's required in order to receive, because it's one thing to pray for something. It's one thing to ask for something. But if you're not able to receive it, you'll block it. Mm-hmm. So what do you think it was that opened up for you to allow you to receive? Because when, when, if we stack up all these blessings that you've talked about, which I love, I love hearing all this stuff. What do you think it was about you and what you cultivated within you to be able to receive these things? I started walking in them before they arrived. You know, my husband, I started, I started being a wife before I was a wife. I started, you know, working at that desk before the chair even was there. I've moved my bed over already for the bassinet. You know, I've already seen that Moses basket in my living room and what it would, its functionality and that's on the table and then it's over there and then it's in the kitchen. I've already seen that I'm, I walk in it as if it's already here so that when it does arrive, not only am I able to see and accept, but there's room for it in my life. That's so beautiful because, oh man, and I love this. And this kind of ties into something else that we said, because what you're talking about, Maria, is you are actually getting into the vibration of the thing you desire. 
Because a lot of people will stay down in that lowest vibration of fear, way down here, and want this thing up here. But until you let go of something of a lower nature, you can't get to the thing of a higher nature. And what you're describing for us is that you are already acting as if, which necessarily takes you from the fear into that higher place where the thing is that you want lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And you can't, and like, and patience isn't just about waiting. It's not, you know, patience is having the patience for the natural path to do her thing, not sitting at home and waiting for my body to heal on its own. It took five months of, of work with a naturopath. And even at, at four months, I was bawling my eyes out. Like where, why can't this, why, this isn't working, you know, like, and the next month it worked because patience, patience, means I must be patient with all the processes that it takes to get to where I got to go. Even if, again, I have to stand at the desk or I have to pretend like it's going to arrive one day, or if I have, and I say pretend, but I mean, like I'm already making room in the living room for things that I don't even know will be bought off the registry or, or handed down to me. You can't just wait. That's not what patience is. Mm-mm. Patience is giving time and space to yourself and all the other people who are working your bump squad. Yeah. I mean, your bump squad also does their work too. And they're not going to do it if you don't aren't actively, you know, there and ready to receive and walking along, working with them. They, you know, the acupuncturist can't do acupuncture till I show up. The naturopath can't help me heal myself unless I clean up my diet and I buy the supplements, you know, it's not just about checking boxes um, and or or waiting for things to work out. Patience is really sort of an active. There's an active role. Yeah. Oh, and I love that faith. And surrendering that. too. Yeah. Well, and surrender is actually fairly active as well because you don't just lay on the couch one day and like, okay, my baby's going to come. Like you're you're consistently doing the things that you know you must do in order to welcome this thing that you're calling in. Wow. Maria, I'm just so glad that we had this conversation. I'm, I couldn't be happier for you. And when you, when you messaged me and I looked, I'm like, Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, of course you did. I couldn't help myself. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, of course you did it. It's, It's been on your heart and, and, and I think now one last thing that I'll say, which I want to pull in from, Something you said in the very beginning is you've known since you were eight that you wanted to be a mom and you really could have abandoned that and thought to yourself, well, I have fibroids. I've had to have a myomectomy. I've had a miscarriage. Maybe I'm wrong. And, and you had the, the awareness you did. You had done the mindset work. You had done, you know, all of these beautiful things to bring you to the place where you can say, Hey, just because I'm running into some trouble here doesn't mean it wasn't meant for me. Just because I can't see the next 15 steps doesn't mean that I don't know the at least right next one step. Mm-hmm. And, and here you are today, 23 weeks pregnant, people trying to scare you. And you're like, no, 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 not today. It's not working today. And it's just such a testimony to, to what's possible for women when they get their mind on board. They, they add their mind to the physical actions that they're taking and they cover their bases from beginning to end. So it's been a pleasure to have you, Maria. Thank you for sharing your story. This is a story that I've been like, ah, oh, I cannot wait because I knew, I knew that you is something and we've had many things fly out of your mouth that have been profound and extremely generous. So thank you for that. Welcome. You're so welcome. I'm happy to have the opportunity and I'm so happy I found you and that all the women before me have been able to sink deep in um, in inspiration and provide me with hope. So I'm hopes to be the same thing for others. Hey, ladies, I hope that you love Maria as much as I do. And, you know, I hope this gets your mama bear energy all fired up. You know this baby is coming. You know that. Now, that doesn't mean that we aren't needing to work on this and learn the tools and the strategies for keeping our mindset strong. 
But look at what's possible when you connect and you keep your mindset strong and you take the action that you know you need to take in order to get there. Mindset always precedes the action because you will take different action when your mindset is strong, as Maria has so beautifully demonstrated here. So, so much love and so many blessings to Maria and this beautiful family she is building. So what are you going to do with this, my loves? What are you going to do with this information? Are you going to let another week go by, another day go by, another hour go by where you're not doing everything you truly know to do, mind and body? We all have blocks, baby. We all have blocks and you've got to be able to move past those. And a critical piece of that is getting your mind right as you heard today. And look, it's September, baby. It is September. The end of the year is going to be here. Boom, like a flash. You get to decide how you use this time wisely. Are you going to be able to say at the end of this year that you gave it your all, that you're really putting your back into this? You're showing up. You got your mama bear energy flowing. Are you going to be able to do that? Are you going to be able to do that? If you're a woman that is committed and committed to doing exactly that, so that when she toasts the new year, she can say, mm-hmm, I got this one in the bag. I am ready to make 2023 my year. My Fearlessly Fertile Method program is for women who intend to get pregnant in the next 12 months, in the next 12 months, and say hell yes to covering their bases, mind, and body so you don't have to look back on this time in your life with regret. We're up to 57 pregnancies this year. I work with women who are committed to success, just like Maria. To apply for your interview for this program, go to my website, www.frommaybe2baby.com and apply for an interview there. My methodology has helped women around the world from ages 28 to 52 make their mom dreams come true. Their results speak for themselves. If you don't have a mindset for success on this journey, baby, you got a gaping hole in your strategy. Let's fix that shit. Set you up for success. Till next time, change your mindset change your results. Love this episode of the Fearlessly Fertile podcast? Subscribe now and leave an awesome review. Remember, the desire in your heart to be a mom is there because it was meant for you. When it comes to your dreams, keep saying hell yes.